Welcome to Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. I'm your studio host, Oren Stewart. We have another amazing episode in store for you today. You do not want to miss it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Once again, thank you for joining us. I'm your studio host, Oren Stewart, and now here are your hosts of the show, Leon and Miranda. Hey, Oren, thank you so much. Thank you for being here as our studio host. We appreciate it. Miranda, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Uh, everything is groovy. Everything is good. So listen, we're here at episode number four, huh? Can, you, can you believe it? It's awesome. It, it's so much fun. Not only is it so much fun, but it is such valuable conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a lot of feedback from folks saying this conversation is needed. Thank you for doing it. I want to be a guest on the show. How do I get to be a guest and, and all those things? So I'm really, really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm so glad that it's benefiting so many people and that so many people are interested because that is just more momentum to move the needle in the direction that we want it. Right. And to answer that question, how do you become a guest? How do you get to be on the show to join the conversation? There's two ways to do it. And it's really kind of low tech. I mean, you know, it's not that hard. You send me an email. My email address is leonthetrainer at gmail.com. Or you can send an email to Miranda. And Miranda, your email is m-k-i-t-t-e-r-l at fiu.edu or like i said in our last episode you can always google miranda kitterlin lynch there's not going to be another one on the internet you know i i knew you were going to bring that up again there's not <laughs> another one on the internet yeah there's a, the other leon thomas wait 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 the other leon thomas is a musician are you going to serenade us <laughs> But I, I haven't played it in 40 years, so I'll put it back in the case. Okay, so let's move on to our show. Miranda, tell us who our guest is for today, please. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited for our guest. Um, we talk a lot about the lack of females in leadership, right? And academia is no exception. Um, today, we get to chat with our Vice Dean, Diane Newman, the Vice Dean at the Chaplin School of Hospitality and Tourism Management at Florida International University. And not only am I excited to have someone like her on our show, uh, but I can speak personally that this has been a female in leadership who has done just amazing things for other females to help bring them up with her. So, And I'm personally a result of that as well. Oh, great. That's great. It sounds like a great conversation is headed our way. Let's go ahead and bring uh, Ms. Newman on. Ms. Newman, hi. How are you? Hello and good morning. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. It's, it's great to, to hear of the support that you offer uh, everyone, the students and faculty there at FIU. And Miranda's said some great things about you. And so um, I'm sure that everything that she has to say about you is real. And we're going to get to learn more about you during, during our conversation here. So I'm going to step away for a bit. Miranda, go ahead. 
Sure. Um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. I think that it's amazing anytime we have a female in leadership join us to discuss their experience and their journey. Uh, and I want to say, first off, thank you for also being one of the people on my journey who has supported me and lifted me up. Um, as you were coming through the ranks, was there anyone who was there to mentor, guide, coach, or cheerlead for you? There was very early on, there was a woman and she was the first woman in administration at the university. Her name was Judy Merritt and she was the vice president. Um, and she was a mentor to me and she gave me opportunities. I remember she, I was very young and she put me in position of director of admissions at FIU. And I always appreciated that and always appreciated what a role model she was. So yes, somebody did that for me. And the other thing is early on, I realized that's, that's probably one of the biggest gifts you could give anyone is when you believe in them, maybe even before they believe in themselves and you give them the opportunity to prove that you were right, that they could do it. So people have done that for me and I'm happy to do that for others. I love that. And I've certainly borne witness to you doing it for so many others um, and hearing your story that kind of fills in the gap as to why you always go above and beyond to support, not just other women, but everyone. I've never known you to say no to supporting a student or a colleague. So thank incredible. you. I feel, I feel very, very um, honored that I have the privilege of being able to help people. It's, I can't imagine a career that's more fulfilling than having an opportunity, whether it's staff, whether it's students, whether it's other colleagues, just being able to be supportive and make a difference in their lives. To me, that's very motivating. Absolutely. See, Leon, I told you that this woman is incredible. You did. You that's that's what you said. And you know, um, Vice Dean Newman, when you just said that you feel privileged to be in a position to help others, I think so often in anything that we do, there is an opportunity to help. And it's a good feeling when we're able to do that. But sometimes folks don't recognize it, that as they're going through the day to day, yes, you can do this. Yes, you can do this. Let's sit down and talk about it. But they don't recognize how impactful they they are. Um, think about through the years, how many students, how many faculty members that you've you've impacted. Um, it's got to be just just a tremendous feeling. I know that when when I was a high school educator, when I was a high school teacher, and even when when I ran hotels, it was, you know, you didn't really embrace the impact at that moment. And it sounds like you're really doing that. So thank you so much for what you do. My pleasure. I think that you have to be clear that it's your intention to be helpful. It's your intention to support others. If you get carried away with the busyness and all the mundane responsibilities that you have, it's hard to remember the priority that has to be placed on this is an intention to be helpful, intention to be supportive of others. So I'm, I'm really clear that that's probably the best gift I could give to the people around me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, can I ask you, so I know that you are always first in line to be of help to others, but I think sometimes people have a difficult time asking for help. I know that I've been guilty of that, certainly, uh, professionally and personally. Um, in what ways do you think we can encourage people to ask for the help that they po probably need or could at least benefit from? 
That's a really good point, Miranda. And I would say it's not my strength. Everybody who there's a lot of people in my world, including my own children, I'll make it clear. I'm happy to help, but you have to let me know. You have to let me know when there's a way that I can support you because I'm not the type to do, not that I'm not the type, it's just that the way my day and my schedule usually is, I'm not constantly checking in. So I would say that would be a help for me to go around and check in and ask, how are you doing? Anything I could help you with? But I'm not doing it. So to get over whatever that message is, whether it's a cultural message, like don't, don't, oh, that's a big one I get, don't burden other people. It's like, how do you think we get connected? We get connected by you telling me what's going on in your life. And I figure out if there's a way that I could help. So um, I agree that a lot of people feel I don't want to bother someone else. Or I was told, you know, it looks like somehow a weakness if I need help. And I really hope we could discourage that message. I, I completely agree. And I think one of the strongest things that you can do is ask for help when you need it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Absolutely. Um, I, I want to pivot just a bit. Yesterday, our, pardon me, our last episode, Leon and I had a conversation with one of our former students, Abigail Foster, who's doing some incredible research in the area of lack of representation. Specifically, we were talking to her about the lack of representation of Black faculty, even within our own program. And I was wondering if that's something that you've historically seen uh, be an issue. I would say since George Floyd incident, we really are very clear because there was a there is a reckoning that we need to do better, that we need to have more representation, and we need to work harder to make that happen. And so I know that the university is more committed. There is diversity training that anybody on a search and screen has to go through. So you get away from this, you know, all boys club that every, you know, people know people. It's like, well, if you don't know people who are outside of your world, they're never going to have the chance to hear about opportunities or to be encouraged to apply. So we have diversity training that everybody has to go through so that we have a greater awareness of what's appropriate behavior, what's inappropriate behavior, what's helpful, and the commitment, the university commitment to increase our faculty uh, minorities. Mm -hmm. I think that awareness piece goes is, is very important that, um, again, the big conversation started about it, you know, two and two and a half years ago with the murder of George Floyd, where our industry, the hospitality industry said, we're, we're going to do better. Mm -hmm. And something that I, I saw um, a friend who works for a major hotel company located in Northern Virginia. See, I can't say the name of the company, but probably know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, they they started this referral bonus program and said if you know someone we're, we're up in the ante on the referrals and my friend a black male that works for that company said well that's nice all the white employees are going to be recommending friends of theirs that are white because that's who our circles are exactly. that's who our circles are we need to get out of out of those circles and let's really expand but not only on property 
not only in, in corporate positions, but in education, as well as in the, the vendor process. You know, are we using minority companies there and providing opportunities there? But here's the thing. Um, everyone, one person can't solve all the problems. And if you do your job, as you say you're doing it at FIU, you're changing things at Florida International with, with you and Miranda. And when others see you having impact and changing, it's going to make them think that they can do it also. And so what you're doing, you're actually helping everyone win. So thank you for doing that. Great. You're very welcome. I would say that um, in part of the training video that everyone's required, I asked a question. I was a little embarrassed because I didn't know it was going to be taped and shown to everybody's training video. So. I really showed my ignorance, but the question that I asked is, if we know that it's that we are very intentional about wanting to have more black faculty members and we have a position opening, and as people call or ask me about it, am is it okay for me to say we are we make we are making a commitment to hiring a black faculty member? And I was told, no, we can't, we can't say that in the same way that you wouldn't be able to say um, we are hiring a white faculty member. You just you can't say that. You could know that that's a priority to increase representation, but you can't discourage anybody from applying. So, you know, I didn't know, are we allowed to say this or are we not? So there I am on the training video, an example of what not to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's something to be said for you don't know what you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I mentioned in our last episode, I've had people question me, well, you're just, you know, a hetero white woman in the United States. Why are you talking about this? And my answer is always going to be because I, it's something that I care about. It's something that I truly believe in. Right. Um, and it, there comes with that a certain level of fear that we may say the wrong thing, especially in the wrong audience, right? But until we're having the conversations, we don't know what we don't know, right? So I, I don't know if you feel the same way or differently. Today is um, Yom Kippur. It's the high holy holiday for, for Jewish people. And, and the idea is it's the day of atonement. And so you ask for forgiveness, whether you've offended or hurt anybody intentionally or unintentionally. And that is the best I could do. So if... I, you know, in an, in an effort thinking I'm doing the right thing, I say something or do something that it's like, mm, that didn't land where I wanted it to, or it was misunderstood. I could just ask for forgiveness, that it was unintentional and I would like to learn and I'm not defensive and I'm not um, embarrassed. I just feel this is me trying and I want an opportunity to learn so I could be better. Yeah, yeah. Leon, out of curiosity, what would you say to Diane and I with regards to, you know, we know we're going to mess up. What's the best way to atone when we do? Mm -hmm. Is to is to say, look, I, I did know. Thanks for teaching me and tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. OK, so if a if a black person comes to you and says, no, that's that's not the term, that's not the phrase. Or did you really investigate that before you talked about it? Just just listen. Right. And and don't the one that really irritates me, this this comment is, well, I have other black friends and they didn't have a problem with it. OK, that's nice. I'm your black friend, do 
also, and I have a problem with it. So don't tell me that my response to you, my comment to you is wrong. And just because that person didn't have a problem with it doesn't really mean they didn't have a problem. It could mean they just didn't tell you about it. And so when, when folks point things out, oh, I'm sorry, tell me more. I want to make sure that I, I get it right. So that would that's one one big one to be able to to say that, to say, I'm sorry, help me, help me get it, get it right. And I've had, I have many, many, many white friends. And, and that's even a phrase that I hate to say, but because mm -hmm. we're talking about it in a racial context, I have many, many white friends. And one of us, uh, one friend and I, we joke a lot about an incident that happened way, 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 way back when, uh, when I was an undergrad, um, a friend, a white friend, was having a toothache and he needed to, needed a dentist. Another one of our friends lived near campus, but was staying on, on campus. He was a resident. And he said, well, I have a dentist you could go to. He's black, but he's cool though. He's black, but he's cool. And everyone jumped on this guy and said, well, what does him being black have to do with it? And his he was trying to say that, well, I didn't know if this guy would like going to a black dentist. and all of us, white and black, were saying, look, it doesn't matter what race he is. He's a dentist and this guy needs help. And so we, he learned from that because he listened. He didn't really put up the dukes and start fighting. So I think if you, you listen and, and gain from it and learn from it, I think that's the, that's the best way to handle those situations. I think that's incredible advice and what a good story to exemplify it. Yeah. 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 So, so this, coming up yeah, next week, ahead. we have Diversity Day. We've been doing this for 22 years at the university. And I don't know if you've already had Kathy Martin as a guest on your podcast, but um, she works in our career development office here. And um, she will be doing a session at Diversity Day. And what I'm hoping will happen is an honest conversation about just what we're talking about, things that maybe maybe black people will share with each other about so-and-so said this when I was applying for the job or when I was trying to get promoted and how it might've been hurtful or offensive. And they might not, like you say, they feel it just because they're not saying it doesn't mean they're not feeling it. And what I'm hoping is that that conversation can be an open conversation of examples because to your point, Miranda, if people don't know, and I, I hate the idea of, oh, you're being too sensitive. Is there anything more insulting than telling somebody they're finally sharing their vulnerability that this was hurtful or they, they didn't like this? It's like, well, stop being so sensitive. Mm -hmm. Really, mm -hmm. I can't imagine yeah. anything worse. Yeah. So. And, you know, one to go along with that is when uh, someone, a white person, says something that's not right and you tell them about it and they go, well, assume good intentions. You know, come on, we've been having this conversation, strong conversations for at least the last two years now. You know better than that. You know, there's, there's no assume good intentions in that when you knew better. And I'm just calling you out again. You, you should have done better on this one. Well, assume good intentions and you're overly sensitive. Shut up. No, we're not. Just, just get it right. Get it right. Yeah. Well, and you know, I don't think that that should be a difficult concept for anyone, 
of any race or background or gender, it shouldn't be a difficult concept for anyone to understand. Because when I think about my experience as a woman in the workplace, for example, there's not going to be my, my threshold for taking offense to things is going to be pretty high, right? I'm not going to be offended by many things. But the woman working next to me, it, that might not necessarily be the same for her, right? Um, Diane, as a Jewish woman, may not be offended by some things, whereas the Jewish woman next to her may, right? It's going to apply to everyone mm -hmm. at, at their level, at their, right? So. so the strength is being able to, I mean, I, I have to say that my ability to be confronting hopefully has gotten better, but I've gone through a lifetime of uncomfortable feelings about confrontation. And so the, the growth is to be able to say to somebody, I want to tell you that when you said such and such, it was offensive to me or it was hurtful to me. And why? Um, you know, we had a very strong conference recently, great speakers, wonderful in many, many ways. And one of the women who was speaking was making reference to, even though you could be a very successful career woman, don't, um, don't forget how important it is to be married and to have children and that you're not really complete unless you, you're married and have children. I thought yeah. fire was going to come out of my ears. I was just feeling like you can't, what are we in the 1950s? You can't say that. Right. You know, there are people who choose not to be married. There are people who choose not to have children and their life is plenty complete. There are people who would like to be married, who would like to have children, but for one reason or another, it's not happening. And to put that old fashioned value, I completely agree that for her, that's what makes her life complete. But to say to a whole room full of young women looking for inspiration, I was really, so I uh, tactfully didn't say it right at the time, but when we did the wrap up at the end, I said, I'd really like to let you know how I felt about that statement. Mm -hmm. Well done. That's, I, that's the thing is other people in the room told me later, I feel that way too. Or, you know, I feel that there's prejudice in the workplace because I don't have children. So they always think I could work when I can't. I'm so glad you spoke up. But the idea is it's hard for a lot of people to speak up. They're really uh, watching and filtered their conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, this incredible. She's amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. As you said, as you said, she, <laughs> she is. Yeah, yeah. Diane, just, just one more question from me. Um, tell us about about your background. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school and all that? Fill us in on all of that cool information. I'd love please. to. So I grew up in a little town, a suburb of Cleveland. It's called Beachwood, Ohio. I think that 99% of the people were white and Jewish. And even though there were some good things about it in terms of being a nurturing community, I was completely clear, even at a young age, that I was looking for diversity, that I valued more diversity. I didn't want to stay in really this ghetto of all these white Jewish people. So I went to University of Massachusetts um, in Amherst. And interestingly enough, I recently met some people who were on my dormitory floor that first year. We hardly had a relationship. And they said, oh, what we remember about you, you were always pushing diversity. 
And I thought, oh my goodness, at 20 years old or 18, whatever. So I'm very pleased to, to say that it was always a value for me. Um, after I went to UMass, I realized that cold weather was not my strength, that I like to be in warm climate. So I moved down to Florida and have been in Miami since 1975, I believe. And um, still here. Yeah. So. And got my doctoral, my master's at uh, University of Miami, and my doctoral degree at Nova Southeastern. All right, nice, nice. Miranda, I'll toss it to you for for one more. Uh, you know what I'd really like to ask you, and um, it's something that I hope to be able to ask our guests moving forward because I think it's so valuable. What would you tell your twenty year old self if you could go back in time? What would you tell your twenty year old self, Diane? So. Somebody just um, was asked that question on the panel and her answer had everybody laughing. She was saying, beside, don't marry my ex-husband. <laughs> but that, that wasn't mine. Mine was that I believe that as long as you continue to follow your heart and do what you really love to do, you might not see the connection when you're doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but down the road, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, you'll, you'll be in positions that will use all of the talents, all the abilities, all the skills that you've learned along the way. So during, and as that was happening, I had no clue what direction I was going in, but I could see right now in my position, all of those experiences I've had contribute to the job that I could do today. So that's why I would tell my younger self. Fantastic. Mine would be don't marry your first husband. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Vice Dean Diane Newman, thank you so much for spending time with us today here on Checking In. My pleasure. My and congratulations to both of you and your team for putting on a great podcast, which I've enjoyed watching several times. Thank great. you so thank much. You. Thank you so much for watching. Okay. Let's turn it over to our studio host, Oren Stewart. Hi, Oren. Oh, you. How at such an amazing show! I'll tell you, this has been awesome. Such a great guest. Thank you all for joining. Checking in, a lodging DEI chat. Please join us again for our next episode. Take care.